Welcome to Lessons from Sweet Valley, the podcast where we re-examine the Sweet Valley High series one book at a time and determine what lessons, if any, we can learn from them. My name is Kat Thomas, and today we are discussing book 10, Wrong Kind of Girl. My guest today is a great friend of mine that I've known for over 10 years. He's the facility manager of a film production studio, a Chicago-based realtor, and the owner of one hell of a head of hair, Dave Walsh. Hi, Dave. Hi there. Hi, Kat. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for having me here. And what a great introduction. Thank you so much. Well, it's all true, especially the part (laughs) about the hair. You are very kind. (laughs) Thank you. I was wondering about, because I don't think I know this about you, your high school experience. Like, where? what was your high school like? And what what activities were you involved in in high school? Interesting that you asked that. Uh, I was involved in nothing. <laughs> um, <laughs> I kind of just tried to skate under the radar pretty much everywhere. I had uh, a draw to be popular, but I was so afraid and couldn't do anything. So I had a small group of friends, and I also went to Chicago Public Schools. Uh, which was a really good experience. Your desire to be a part of something, what was that? Did you have something that you were like, oh, I would love to do that? Well, interestingly, I grew, I'm the youngest of six kids. And when my oldest sister got into high school, at the end of the year, when she got her first yearbook, we just poured over that every year, her yearbook, all summer, just poured over and dream. And she was a cheerleader. And I had this romanticized feeling that that was where I wanted to be. And actually, I was quite a tumbler as a kid. But then somewhere in there, I got ashamed because I was a boy and boys don't do that. And also um, trying to hide that I was a gay boy. I couldn't be drawn to that type of thing. Yeah, yeah, it is Uh, interesting, kind of the cheerleader as kind of an aspirational thing. I mean, I wasn't even a tumbler, but I just remember thinking like, oh, those cheerleaders, they're so cool. Yeah, well, it's so interesting that they get so much attention focused on them for the right reasons. They are cheerleaders, but we attach all of this other stuff to them. For me, it happened very young. I had to grow out of that. And then it was peculiar because when I got to high school, I liked the cheerleaders and I was friends with them, but I didn't see it living out in my fantasy. Mm-hmm. Like those were the popular people. Some, some of them might have been. I don't really know. I wasn't popular to know, but it was just different. And I didn't yet have the understanding that I needed to change my idea of them. Yeah. And <laughs> funny you should say that because <laughs> maybe that's what Jessica also needed to do in this book. Um, Absolutely. So that's a great segue. (laughs) She's really confronted with a dilemma there. Yeah, she has. So, yes, I will have Jessica has a very narrow view of what she thinks cheerleaders should be. And mm -hmm. it seems to me it's basically exactly like her. Yes. Yeah. So I'm I'm going to start. I'm going to read the summary just to kick us off of the book and then we'll get into all of this cheerleading goodness i didn't know you had a had a background a family history of cheerleading (laughs) oh yeah yeah (laughs) very exciting (laughs) all right this is wrong kind of girl the summary jessica's at it again jessica wakefield has sworn never to allow annie whitman into the sweet valley high cheering squad annie may have the beauty talent and spirit to be a cheerleader but she also has the worst reputation in school She goes out with a different boy every night, and all the kids call her Easy Annie behind her back. Jessica's pulling every devilish trick to keep Annie from ruining the cheerleader's image. Only Elizabeth, Jessica's twin, knows what Annie's really like. But can she change her sister's mind before Jessica shatters Annie's dreams? 
So that's what we're going to discuss. And we've seen this kind of plot line with Jessica before. There was another book, I think book four, that had Robin Wilson, who is the co-captain of the cheerleading squad. Yeah, I know that name. Sure. in, In book four, Robin was a little bit... She was a heavier, heavier person, and she was trying to get into the high school sorority. And Jessica was adamant that she not be in the sorority. So this is a similar thing, but instead of a looks-based rejection, it's more of a behavior-based rejection with Annie. Because Annie's a beautiful girl. And also, she seems beautiful. She's kind. Yes. You know, she's got a, a drive to do well and be well. It's one thing that I think is really peculiar is because we're left as readers. I'm not really sure whether Annie's tragedy is her reputation or her behavior or both. Mm. We we talk about, is she easy Annie or is she just rumored to be easy Annie? Ah. And in this environment, it doesn't really seem to matter because the rumor is worse than everything else that's because because the rumor it's attached and therefore it's true and they even allude to that Mm -hmm. enid says to liz that she had heard the rumors about annie but she wouldn't expect for them to be true because if what you want someone to believe about somebody isn't heard you say it louder Uh Mm uh-huh so it's like perception versus reality but and just the sheer amount of gossip that seems to be going around Sweet Valley all the time. You know, I think Enid was just yeah. cautious of anything that she hears, you know? Yeah. Well, and it also sounds like she was a victim of it. In the she was. <laughs> but it's also weird, too, because A lot of Liz, collateral damage from Jessica. <laughs> and Liz, who is the good and better twin, sits at the very top of this gossip rag. Right which is very powerful, but suffers nothing for it. It's like she's, she knows the commodity and it, she has one that is valuable, but really dangerous and cruel. And yeah, by being the, the writer of this eyes and ears column, yeah. this anonymous <laughs> eyes and ears column. That's right. <laughs> oh my gosh. If you had to like diagnose, you know, if we were kind of anti-therapists, and we Ooh. like how what work what are kind of the things you see her suffering from here? Oh, it's interesting. Uh, well, I, they make it very clear that she is a product of her environment. Yes, she is. Yes. Uh, so she got a not a real great start in life as the daughter of a teen mother. Yes, her mom was sixteen, and I think, when she yes, had her. Yep. Yes, the family that she lives in is messed up. Her mom's. A, apparently an alcoholic or they they refer to her as coming home drunk yes and she's her mom has this boyfriend that's creepy and not good creepy that's the perfect word to describe it creepy yeah johnny (laughs) and he's around and i would say she is uh neglected yeah and she is um seeking validation any way she can find it yep yeah. And she's just starting to find out a better way or what yes. she perceives as a better way. Right. And yeah, I, I, that's totally right. I think she suffers from a bit of low self-esteem and self-worth. And I think these dates that she goes on kind of give her this false sense of acceptance and, and popularity. And Yes, and yes. Yeah, and- we don't really know what 
is happening on these dates. Yeah, right. we don't know, but right, she she doesn't know. You know, she's fifteen. She's probably you know, it's young to be dating so many men. Totally, right? boys, <laughs> so, yes. so many boys. So she's kind of it's it's not the right thing for her. But also, they allude in there to, or they do allude. They referred in there to when she uh, it experiences adulthood and sexuality too young through her modeling career. Yes. And she talks about being, I think she says 13 and made up to look like she's 19 or 20. Yes. And she loved all of the attention that she got with that. So that's a factor in there too. Yep. She got adult validation as a child. Pretty good. It was for peculiar reasons, but that's certainly what society does. This whole, this book really is a um, great insight into how we treat women, what's expected of them, how do they behave with the tools they're given. It's so weird that um, they they keep referencing how beautiful everybody is. Everybody's pretty and fit and all of this. And it's like kind of highly sexualized, but it never crosses the line. Uh Uh-huh. Right. But Annie is perceived to have crossed the line. So she has to suffer for that. Yep perception is reality you know and for these kids they just don't know how to think deeper that's that's what they see and that's what they what they assume and it's definitely what jessica assumes (laughs) oh my god yeah and to get to get her out of her head process is like seems nearly impossible oh yeah if she thinks something to be true then it's true yeah it's you know what else i noticed about this book that was so interesting right away our first three paragraphs i realized man this is a world that i don't live in anymore but it's such the world of a child that it's loaded with absolutes and like i wrote them down as i went through it it's like everything is absolute black and white all or nothing and uh we we talk about right away, um, Jessica was in charge of everything. Everybody wants to be a cheer cheerleader. Mm-hmm. She was the prettiest girl, the most sought after in the entire town. Every, uh, somebody's backflips took everyone's breath away. Everyone looks forwards to Elizabeth's writing. Uh, the column is always on the mark. Elizabeth is always kind and never cross. Like, Wow. That is so interesting, Dave. Oh, it so reminded me of like that perspective when you're so much younger and it's so clear what's right and it's so clear what's wrong. Yep. Yep. So sometimes it was hard while reading this to remember, wait, I'm not bringing my 57-year-old self to this story. Yeah. This is not written for me. This is written for teens. It is it is their world, not mine. I'm not invited in. I'm really just an observer here. But uh, they don't Yeah. Have. And Annie still has... High school dreams, and the big dream for her is getting onto this cheerleading squad. It's going to change everything. Everything. <laughs> she is putting all her eggs in the cheerleading basket. Yeah. It's yeah, she, yeah, she sure is. And then, and on top of that, also the one that she seeks out, and it seems like she's doing it unknowingly. Whose validation does she need most? Jessica's yep. who is hell bent on not giving it to her. Yep. Yeah. So it's the, tough. It's tough. And so it's a, it's a small cheerleading squad at Sweet Valley. There's <laughs> Yes, it is. Yes. So seven girls. Well, two B seven girls. Yes. So there's currently five girls. They need to find two more. The reason there's two spots is because two girls were kicked off. And 
Oh, they because they turned the sprinkler system on the an opposing cheerleader squad. On the, ri- <laughs> the rival cheerleaders. <laughs> <laughs> and I love one of them is like done with that. I'm not going back. Yeah, Lila Fowler and, is yeah. like I'm not. I'm not groveling back to these cheerleaders. Yeah, I How love about- it. And- the other Kara, Kara Walker, she's the, other, the one other one that was kicked off and she wants to come back. So she wants to come back and Jessica wants her back. Jessica wants her back. And, you know, 75 people show up for this audition, which is, a, and I love a good audition. I'm all about <laughs> reality TV and audition. So I was all about this elimination process. I love it. It's funny. They described it well, too, because they talk about how they're the obvious ones who won't make it, yeah. like the freshmen who were really just practicing for the next year. Yes. And then the people who fell and <laughs> the ones who ran out crying. <laughs> I know. They just fall and they just <laughs> flee the gymnasium in tears. <laughs> yeah. It does sound like a, a lot like high school, like uh, overestimating your abilities. <laughs> yes, exactly. Annie also had been working on her grades because you have to yeah you have to have certain grades to be able to qualify to get onto this squad you can't be on probation or whatever and so elizabeth has been helping her get her grades up so she's able to try out because she's got a good grades and the first cut is from 75 to 25 so 50 people get eliminated right off the bat but annie's got some skills Annie blows them away, actually. Yeah. She's got the crowd cheering. Yes, because a lot of people show up to watch these auditions as well. Yeah, yeah. And she's, yeah, the gym is packed. Packed, packed gym. <laughs> they find out she can do all of the tumbling. Yes. She's a great dancer. Yep. She's a great cheerer. So yeah. She blows, oh, oh, and she's a sophomore. She is, a, oh, right. She is a sophomore. So she's, That's so, so she's a sophomore. So, yeah. like, she's crowd underdog favorite. Yep. And there's a manager of the cheerleading squad. Dave, this could have been you. <laughs> Ricky Caputo. <laughs> Ricky Caputo. And I know for the first round of like voting, he kind of collects the papers and he's like, Jessica, you forgot to write down Annie. And she's like, no, I didn't. But <laughs> So Annie's in the top 25 and she is just so excited. Like, this is everything she's hoped for. And now she really believes it can happen. And at this right. point, Jessica's really starting to freak out a little bit. She is. Oh, my God. And then also, as Jessica is working to diminish Annie, they have that beach party disco dance. Yes. Which is just an amazing scene. I love there's a line in there where it says uh, Liz couldn't wait to get down with her boyfriend Todd that <laughs> night on the dance floor. <laughs> oh, this is great. And then Annie unknowingly brings Jessica's arch rival yes. enemy man. Bruce Patman. <laughs> so Annie shows up with him mm-hmm. innocently. Yes. Yes. Doesn't know, apparently doesn't know, but you know, you'd think that she would know if all of this. Yeah, I know. Like how. She does come off sometimes as a little bit clueless. To her, to be fair to her, though, the rules when we were in high school change all the time. And mm-hmm. those peoples and couples and, you know, might be hard to keep up with. Oh, yeah, Jessica. Because it sounds like Jessica did date Bruce. Yes, briefly. At one point. Briefly. It sounds like it didn't go well. Like it did it not go well. <laughs> not was, go it well. A whole, was it a whole episode in a story? It was. I think that was episode 
three. Yes. So they have this big dance contest mm-hmm. and it gets down to Jessica and her skip. Skip. <laughs> skip. <laughs> Who she worked hard to get a date with. Because he was a senior. And oh, he, he apparently yeah. does not look at any junior girls. Like he would never <laughs> stoop to the level to ask out a junior girl. And Jessica's like, okay, that's a challenge that I will accept. So the dance contest gets down to Yes. Jessica and Annie and their respective partners. Which I thought was a great, exciting scene. I was actually very interested to find out how this was going to play out. Yeah. And? (laughs) To my surprise and delight, a real plot nail was a tie. Ooh. Which Jessica was not happy about that. Annie was so happy because she's like, we're alike. We're the same. Right. It was really sad, too. Because to Jessica, it was clearly a loss. Yes. Big time. Big time. This sophomore girl. Had the oh, audacity yeah. to act like us. She had the audacity to even think that she could dance as well as us. Yes. She described it as disgustingly showy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that doesn't help Annie's case with making the cheerleading squad. I feel like that's what really ratcheted. Jessica knew what she was going to do, but yeah. I think this is what made her be really okay with being unkind about it. Yeah. And she was basically like, this is not happening over my dead body. This is happening. It was so, she was just so sure that it was not going to happen. And yes. And I guess we should talk about Elizabeth during this whole time when this is going on. She's so conflicted. (laughs) So conflicted. Cause she's helping Annie with her grade still. And yeah, for her, that feels like a betrayal to Jessica. Yeah. It's interesting. It is a good character dilemma to have because mm-hmm. she has to be loyal to her sister. Yeah. And then they capitalize on this while they're twins, which we all think is some exceptional connection and bond that we just can't get to. So you can't deceive your twin. You can't right. be disloyal to your twin. And she's also trying to protect Jessica's reputation. Yes. Just her reputation for just not being a total monster. Yeah. Jessica's. It it wounds Elizabeth deeply when Jessica shows her true self. Mm -hmm. So she doesn't ever want that to happen. Yep. She won't reveal it to her boyfriend or Enid. Yep. Her best friend. Yeah. When she's being troubled by what Jessica's plots, plans, and actions are. Yeah. And that so is, she holds it's interesting yes. she holds a piece of herself in. Completely. Because of her sister. Yeah, because she just she knows what Todd and Enid are gonna say about Jessica. And it's like she can think things about Jessica, but she doesn't she doesn't want to hear other people talk bad about her sister. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it gives her an additional dilemma then she has to rise to her sister's defense. Yes. It really yeah. is this internal turmoil, and Enid notices it. It was a real sweet moment when Enid said, our friendship isn't the same, and you've been too distant. Yeah. It's nice. It feels not like anything I would have done in high school. No, it's true. It's nice to see those moments of genuine friendship between the women, because 
especially in this book, there's a lot of calculating maneuvering going on, which which brings us to Jessica's campaign for the votes. Oh my god! And I yeah. wrote I wrote a joke down, okay, Dave. This is, this is what I have to say about this. I said I wrote this down. I said. Jessica is campaigning for votes almost as hard as you were during the ugly sweater contest at the office Christmas party. (laughs) (laughs) That's the first thing I thought of. That's so funny. Um, yeah, I did campaign. You, you were. I'm not. I, I don't mean to compare you to Jessica. I know. No, 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 no. The effort. The effort. Yeah. I yes. at that party, I kept saying I can't do this, and then I would see another person, and right off the bat, I would lead with, "I'm really trying to get this contest." <laughs> <laughs> and basically, I made everybody feel so bad and uncomfortable that they had to vote for me, so that I did win. And in the end, it didn't feel like a legitimate win. But you did not say vote for me or I will quit. Well, but first she, it's so terrible because now that is the first time anybody talks openly in public about Annie's reputation. Yes. Yes. Is when Jessica is desperate. Yes. (laughs) She knows she's losing this. Annie is the star. So she mentions, okay, we got to talk about this. If she's on the squad, it's going to be all of our reputations and everybody's going to think we're going to be like her and we can't have that. Yeah. She gets, I think she wins one girl over. Yeah. Cause she first takes Helen. I think Helen was a swing vote. So <laughs> poor Helen. So she buys, Jessica buys Helen a soda. <laughs> yeah. They made a, they made a note of saying that Jessica purchased the soda. They sure did. As a and Helen is, <laughs> <laughs> Helen is cheap and stupid. <laughs> she's totally clueless on this. So when it's clueless. Clear to us. Yes. And she's like, Can I count on your vote? It was very <laughs> political. It was very political. <laughs> so Jessica thinks she's got it all, the vote's locked, and she's gonna it's gonna yeah. be three to two, and and then the audition Ooh. comes. And the crowd again is with Annie. Crowd is totally with Annie. Annie kills it. She does the yeah. splits. Yeah. She's, you, yeah, yeah. she's got the pom-poms you know what I was... out. You didn't need to bring Oh, yeah, the she's the only one. Yeah. She's the only one with pom-poms. So interesting here about, like, such bad treatment of these people who are trying out. They're yes. forced to wear the cheerleading uniform. <laughs> yes. yes. That you may have the honor of winning. Which <laughs> <laughs> seems so mean. It does. It does. So, you know, it comes time for the deliberations after the Mm -hmm. auditions. And it's kind of clear now. Kara and Annie were the best. Yep. And so Helen kind of goes over to Annie's side. And Jessica knows she's losing her ground here. And so she throws out the reputation thing to everyone, including Ricky, the manager, who has throughout the course of the book, fallen in love with Annie. And she's starting yeah. to kind of like him back in a way, which is very sweet. It is. It's the first good guy she's ever liked. Genuinely like, nice like she guy. Had, she had never even seen them before. And now suddenly she's seeing them. Yep. yep. Odd that it's happening because of cheerleading. Uh, well, her grades were also going up. So. That's true. <laughs> that actually is true. Is like because she is investing in getting better grades and doing the work. Yeah. 
But it was interesting how now that she had this more confident kind of air, she started to see that being treated well seemed more appealing to her versus these other kind of guys. And so she kind of started to like Ricky. And then she was kind of confused about why he wasn't being as forward as the other men in her life. And it's kind of that slow development of of a crush. And it was cute. Absolutely. Very sweet. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I like the Ricky character a lot. Yeah. And he so he has to stand there and just hear what Jessica has to say and all these kind of horrible things about Annie. And yeah, he's well, I think he speaks. He chimes in. Yeah. He says she's the best and she's done a lot of change. Yeah, he really stands up for her. Okay. yeah. And Jessica, um, then she pulls out the bigger guns, which is I quit. I, I quit. I quit. It's either Annie or me. Yeah, that's right. And what could they do? I know. Jessica's the heart of the squad. (laughs) Apparently. Yeah, she is. Or they're also afraid of her too, right? Because we know know what she did to the one girl. Robin's so afraid. Yep, that's true. Yeah, I mean, she really has him over a barrel. She's ruthless too. Ruthless. (laughs) I mean, yowza. Yeah, absolutely ruthless. And so, oh, another part that I thought was so cute was that this talked about passing notes in class, which I did you ever do that? We did that a lot when I was in high school. Yeah, 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 we did. I mean, I mostly wasn't in class in high school. (laughs) (laughs) There wasn't a lot of note passing. (laughs) But yeah, Ricky would pass Annie these notes and every time that she kind of made a cut and and it was like, congratulations, you did it. And so he passed her a note on the day after they had the vote. And yeah, and so she reads the note and it says, like, I'm, I, we regret to inform you or thank you for trying out. But, you know, this year it's, you didn't make it in nicer words than that. But, and she's just devastated. She is devastated. I mean, she runs, she flees the school and runs to the top of the bleachers. And yeah. Ricky follows her and and she's just so distraught and doesn't yeah. understand it, which I really I felt for her because Oh, she's I felt so, so terrible for her. Yeah. Yes. And yeah, so confused. And now she's got public humiliation on top of that. Yes. Yes. And that whole thing that she knows something unjust has been served. Yeah. It's just humiliating. I know. And she's like pleading with Ricky. Like, who was it? Who did this? And he does tell her that it was Jessica. And she's super, she's just like, what? She just doesn't get. She can't believe it. She can't believe yeah. it. She's yeah. so confused. Because she thought her and Jessica were like best friends or just really that they were close or that they at least had a connection. Yeah. You know? Which is interesting because I don't remember any reason for that to have been there. Yeah. No, I know. Which- it's kind of this fantasy that maybe she had similar to these guys that she was dating where she's imagining these relationships that were quite there yeah that's a, that's a great take on it yeah because we see her specifically seeking out jessica's validation mm-hmm. a couple times before this yeah and jessica is not giving her the time of day oh my god yeah it's like this idea of being attracted to unavailable people people who are emotionally unavailable and if you don't really kind of value yourself, you're kind of going to go that way sometimes. To, Absolutely. So, yeah. So she's shocked. Yeah. 
And then she asks, like, what did they say? Like, they must have said something. Too many questions. Way. And Ricky's just like, he just does. He's so he just doesn't know what to do. Uh huh. Poor guy. Poor guy. So he opens the door slightly. Yes. And then realizes he can't shut that door. Yep. Let's see. Yeah, he's like, darn it, Annie. Jessica brought up the stories that some guys tell about you. And it's like this realization crashed down upon her in that moment. And she just runs away. She's gone. And I love that they use flight in here. Mm, Interesting. Just get rid of your, it's it's so primal. Yep. What else is she going to do? Yeah. It's a great point. Um, she doesn't come back to school for a few days. Ricky yeah. is calling her, trying to get a hold of her, and he can't get a hold of her. And at one point, Ricky, I think, talks to Jessica about it. And Jessica's just like, you have to learn how to deal with disappointment, so she'll get over it kind of thing. Extremely dismissive yeah. and tough yes. and ready to move on. Like, yeah. This is it's the done. new world. These are it's done. She's rules. like, Ricky, why are you even talking to me about this right now? Done. <laughs> so what happens next? Ricky went over to Annie's house. She wouldn't answer the door. He ended up breaking down the door and she was in the bathroom on the ground, pale, and there was a bottle of pills. And This surprised me. You were surprised. I was really surprised. I just didn't think in this book we would get to an attempted suicide seemed a little more fluffy. Right. And it was so big and shocking. Yeah. This book is, it says for ages 12 and up. That seems like, yeah, it seems a little intense for a 12 year old. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it does. But um, But I have to say for a story, I like the development. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So this gets a little interesting. So they bring Annie in and, to the hospital and she's pretty unconscious i mean it's not like pump a stomach and it's good she's coming in they're, and out of, of the brink of death yeah 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 they're not sure she's gonna make it yeah so the doctor in this case is telling the mom <laughs> annie's mom like she's right there but i she just doesn't have the will to live i'm like how does <laughs> He knows, like, no, that's some doctor. That's pretty impressive. And (laughs) And he's like, if only there were something (laughs) that could come along that would give her the will to live, we might have hope. And then, and then, like Jessica in the corner, she's like, huh, because Jessica does realize she does take accountability for this. She's like, this is because of me. Yes, I did this to this person. And yes, she's distraught. I, she's distraught. I agree with that. She is distraught. Correct. Momentarily. Momentarily. Or, yes. or she holds that distraught, but then she continues to make it all about herself. Exactly. So she goes to the doctor and she explains the whole thing about the cheerleading squad. And the doctor <laughs> is like, oh. I love this. I know this. I was literally <laughs> laughing out loud during this Same. point. Same here. He's like, <laughs> I have to read this. He's like, I don't know. Perhaps it's possible. Now, Jessica, you must tell me something. Are you willing to have Annie on the cheerleading squad? If you aren't, then please say so right now. It would be terrible to raise her hopes and then let her down again. That would be quite traumatic. (laughs) For this one, I wrote down in my notes, 
Dr. Hammond makes ridiculous suggestion letting Annie on the squad will cure, <laughs> in quotes, <laughs> Annie. <laughs> I, think I also wrote, never doubt the power of cheerleading to bring you back from the brink of death. <laughs> It's funny because in this teenage world, that really is what's going on. You know what else? There was another of such a funny life moment and change in the world in this hospital scene when the mother, Annie's mother, Mona, comes Uh to the hospital. Yes. (laughs) And she's all shaking and everything. And she sits down in the hospital next to Annie and she's smoking. Uh, Yep. I wrote that down too. I said, what stands out? Smoking at hospitals. (laughs) Jessica, in this book, she goes from monster to hero. She has a plan now that she's talked to the doctor. And she basically goes to Annie's side and says, like, oh, Annie, there's eight spots now on the cheerleading squad. (laughs) Like, suddenly. Suddenly. Oh, you couldn't have done this before? (laughs) She's like, we would love to have you on the squad. And, And Ricky's like, did you hear that, Annie? Like, they want you to be on the squad. But she's still making it all about her. Yeah, because at one point, isn't she like, if you can't come back, I'm going to quit the squad. You don't want that, Annie, for me to quit the squad. Absolutely. Like, wow. This girl is dying and you're threatening her? Yes, exactly. (laughs) But then Annie stirs and she's like, eight places. (laughs) Those are her first words. No, sorry. Eight cheerleaders. Yeah. Yeah. So she's cloudy and and coming out of it with the understanding that there are eight cheerleaders. The moment that I literally was like, oh, was like the mom comes back in and she is like, oh, my gosh, I'm so happy. And and Annie's like, where's Johnny? You know, the creepy Johnny boyfriend. And and the mom's like, oh, he's not going to be around anymore. I realize that I haven't been around and I'm so sorry I didn't know what was going on with you I want to be there for you for you to talk to me and and then Annie says she's told Elizabeth like I want you to know that I think I can make it now without the cheerleading Elizabeth told me not to put too much importance in it you were right Liz I've got something more important now Annie smiled gazing at her mother oh that is nice I thought that was really sweet yeah that is really sweet so it's like Okay, she's got a wider net now for her support and confidence. Right. And I feel like, I don't know, I listen to, to some of your other podcasts, and I feel like the stories are much simpler. And there was never a girl's life stake. So Jessica, <laughs> yeah. will book 11 have a different Jessica coming out of this? We will see. So, Dave, as we close the podcast, do you have a lesson that you have learned from this this book? I do. And it's hard for adolescents because they're not developed. But you have to watch where you seek your validation Mm -hmm. and know if you can get to know the reasons why you're seeking validation from those people and things. Mm -hmm. You might not need it from that thing and you might already have it somewhere else. Wow. That's the one for Annie. Yeah. So, and for that reason, I think that this was a, I I was surprised how much depth, (laughs) it's not depth in this book, but it's dilemma. There's some strong, strong dilemmas in there. Yeah. The one I put is very similar, which is don't put all your self-worth eggs in one basket. Mm -hmm. 
and yeah such a good one and i had i was just like oh my gosh like this i had such a similar issue to this when i was in high school when i was a runner i mean it was like that was my self-worth and then when it when it went away like when i was out of high school and and couldn't really run anymore because of injuries it was like a devastating blow yeah and i you know i look back i'm like gosh i really did put all of that self-worth in that one activity and it's like it's a dangerous thing to do you know it is. It is. And yeah. actually, like we we see that's that's who Jessica is. And yep. one day mm. she's not going to be the head of anything. It's true. She's going to be the small cog somewhere. It's going to be hard for her. That is but true. It's fiction. it's fiction. So it might not happen. Yeah, we'll see. But uh, oh, my gosh, Dave, I'm so happy that you came on and read this book with. Thank me. you so much, Kat. I really had a nice time. Oh, I wanted to ask you what it was like to read it. You, you said you read like one chapter a day. Yes. What, what? Yeah, because I don't. I read them like in two sittings. So I'm curious about what that one chapter a day felt like. Well, it's not meant to be read that way. <laughs> so it's a little weird because there were a couple chapters. There's only 14 chapters, and there were a couple there was literally no plot development. Right. So those were like wasted days when I'm looking forward to see what happens. But to have something to fit in my day and look forward to was really nice. Aww. It helped. It really, really helped those 14 days go well. I had a thing that I enjoyed. And also, I think I thought more about intentions and Mm. characters. I I think I maybe got to look more into characters. Yeah. I might try that strategy for the next book. It seems like kind of an interesting way to to read them. I might just do that. You've got (laughs) you've got a lot of books to practice with. (laughs) Well, you were an amazing guest, Dave. Like great insights it was so fun to have you so fun to talk about something fun and different and not coronavirus related it's just nice to have a little break you know i had a lot of fun too thank you so much thanks dave and i will close by saying please subscribe to the lessons from sweet valley podcast on itunes to receive new episodes as soon as they are available also please like our facebook page to get updates and if you have any questions or comments about the show and even if you want to be a future guest So thanks again for listening and see you for book 11, Too Good to Be True. Thank you. Bye.